Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Now we love Brother Victor. Just got a tease. It's all brotherly love. How's everyone doing tonight? Man, it's glad to see you. Y'all look good. Y'all look refreshed. Exciting time to uh, to minister the word. So I'm thankful uh, once again for this opportunity uh, just given by our pastors here. I'm thankful for it. Um, I do want to give a special thanks before I get into the word with anything. Um, Some of you may know, some of you may not know, uh, but this weekend, uh, me and my wife will be celebrating four years of marriage, uh, June 11th. So it's an awesome time. Um, We got blessed with two different math equations for our anniversaries. When we started dating, it was 7, 7, 14. So 7 plus 7 equals 14. And then for our anniversary, for our wedding anniversary, it's 6, 11, 17. So 6 plus 11 equals 17. Some of you are going to get that on the way home. Um, some of you are probably mad right now, like, man, I didn't sign up for uh, an algebra class. I came to church. Some of you are all going to come out hindered, but I just had to point that out. That's an easy way, so I got blessed with an easy anniversary to, to remember. But I am thankful for my wife. Uh, four years of marriage is honestly an amazing testimony. Seven years together, all in all, three years long distance, four years being together personally. And... Um, I'm thankful for my wife. Um, I want to give honor to her uh, just because in, in more ways than not, she's uh, helpful and she's my, my rock and my cornerstone in my life. Um, I know with, with putting together this message, it was inspired just by conversations that we had. And um, my wife is always someone that challenges me and I'm blessed to have her just because she loves me despite my faults and my shortcomings and I know I have them. Um, it's... Uh, it's not easy for guys to admit that they, uh, they fall short, especially your wives, because you want to be right. You want to be, uh, you want to be the, uh, the covering for your wife. And so when you're wrong, it's, uh, it's a humbling experience. But my wife that I'm thankful for loves me despite my shortcomings. So, babe, I, I love you. I, I'm thankful for you. And, you know, I, you know, I plead and believe that you're going to have me for four more years and beyond that. And so, uh, all right, this is a preview, by the way, guys, for the, uh, the marriage refresher. Um, you got five minutes for free. The rest you got to pay for. Uh, you know, it's, this, was, this was the trailer for that. So, man, uh, hopefully that enticed you to put your $10 in to get your uh, wife. You spent $10 on two cups of Starbucks, $10 to enhance your marriage. So there you go. So let's go ahead and get into it today. Um, so it is the, uh, the month of June. Um, and a lot of us can think about a few different things when it comes to uh, the month of June. Uh, of course, we got summertime. We got, got schools out, so parents are going crazy right now. Having your kids uh, bother you nonstop. Now, can we love them? But you know, we got a lot of things going on. And uh, there's uh, one particular holiday um, that we mention. It's a uh, Father's Day. Father's Day is one of the uh, you know the things going on in the month of June. And so tonight, I, I consider it to be a timely word. 
Um, you know, with this whole thing of Father's Day, you know, we celebrate our biological fathers uh, that we have in our lives and what they, uh, they've imparted in our lives. You know, for some of us, we've, uh, we've had the opportunity to have many moments with our father. I know uh, I'm thankful for the moments that I've shared with my dad. Um, he's just, you know, just growing up with him. I know my, my, my siblings had a different experience. Um, in some cases, you know, my, my dad was still get, making his way back to the Lord. For me, that's all I've ever seen in my dad. And so I've had the, the privilege of that. Um, some of us can recall maybe a, a few key moments that we've had with our dads. Maybe we didn't get a lot of them, but there's like a few that we can remember in our childhood that, uh, that are special to us. And, and maybe for some of us, it wasn't part of God's plan for our dads to be in our lives. And so um, I know for that, in that regards, Father Day can be a little bit of a confusing, if not emotional time for us. And so tonight, I'm not going to be focusing on the relationships with our, with our earthly fathers. I'm going to save that for our pastor for, for Father's Day. Um, I do want to focus on one sentiment that maybe you've heard before. Um, you know, regardless of our father's roles in our lives, um, you see, our relationship with God, uh, our fathers, it's, it's going to be the most important thing in our lives. You see, God makes himself available to us, not only as our Lord and Savior, but as our Father. And maybe uh, you've heard this before during Father's Day's messages, but, you know, we've heard that the fa- our God is the Father to the fatherless. And so that, that's, that's an encouragement that comes to, again, whether you've had a good dad or a bad dad, whether you've had a present dad or an absent dad. Um, but that tr- statement holds true that the Lord makes himself the father to the fathers, where maybe you felt that your, your dad here on earth didn't meet you or wasn't available to you in the ways that you wanted him. Maybe your dad wasn't saved and, you know, you didn't have that spiritual covering. I know some of us come from homes where we were the only ones saved. And, you know, even for someone like our dad that we would want to minister to us, didn't minister to us in that way. And so that's where I want to bring this reminder forth today, because I think it's important that we remember our identity as children of God. And so uh, we're going to get into our, our, our text here today. It's uh, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 14. I came prepared and had my little blue ribbon uh, bookmark ready to go, but I'll give you all time to either turn to your Bibles or uh, take a look on the screen, or if you have your uh, iPhone or Android device, um, it's not in the Bible app, so we're just going to go freelance here. That'll keep you guys engaged. And so, again, we're, we don't, we don't want to forget God's presence in our lives as our Father, and with this message tonight, my hope is that we take a moment to remember that. Um, and not say that, you know, that father or fatherless, it's, it's not just something we take for granted or it's just, you know, we just consider it nothing. I think oftentimes when we hear that during uh, Father's Day messages or even beyond that, I think we glance over it and we're just like, oh, well, duh, he's God our father. You know, of course, he's going to be the father of the fatherless. But we're going to really look at the impact of that statement. So let's get into the word here uh, without any hesitation. Uh, so starting with verse three, we're going to go down to verse 14. Um, It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us, someone say blessed us, in the beloved. 
Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, with which he lavished upon him, upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, purpose with which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things, some say all things, in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Someone say all things. You guys are catching that theme here? All things. And so as we continue on, uh, verse 12, uh, so that we may... we who were first, the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Someone say amen. Amen. So this phrase here, this is Paul writing to the, the church in Ephesus. Um, this passage is uh, discussing the relationship that we have with God, in particular our Father and our place with Him. So tonight we're going to focus on three themes in regard to that relationship. You know, what does this relationship bring to us? What happens if we don't have a relationship with our Father? And how do we maintain a relationship with our Father? And so let's go ahead and break it down with the first part. Um, what does a relationship with our Father bring us? Um, if we go back into our text, particularly verse 5, it says, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons and daughters through, Christ, or through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. You see, um, that means that God had plans to be our Father before we even existed. Um, just to relate to this, if we go to Psalms 139, uh, verses 13 through 14 out of the New Living Translation, it says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Now, some of us being human, we can look at the whole wonderfully complex line and we can have a little bit of beef with God about it. It's like, complex, man, I'm fat, I'm 30 pounds overweight, I get mad so quickly. We can, we can be so hard on ourselves, but we have to consider that any, everything that makes us us was carefully designed by the creator of the universe. You see, if we go back even a few more verses later in the beginning of that chapter, uh, Psalms 139, uh, verses 1 through 5, this shows us even more about the relationship with our Father and some of the things it brings in our lives. So let's go to verses 1 through 5. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You see me in the shower, singing cool in the game. No, just kidding. That's the uh, that's a brand version. You know everything that I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. So church, in the Lord, we have an identity. Someone say, I have an identity. In the Lord, we are called his sons and his daughters. 
Uh, we are the sons and daughters, the children of the greatest father that we have ever seen and that we will ever know. You see, this idea of being adopted by God was profound then to the church of Ephesus, but it's even profound to us today. So according to theologian William Barclay, he's a, a theologian from Scotland, he said, in Roman law, when the adoption was complete, it was complete indeed. The person who had been adopted had all the rights of a legitimate son in his new family and completely lost all the rights in his old family. And so in the eyes of the law, he was a new person. So, so new that all his debts, obligations connected to his previous family were abolished as if they never existed. So doesn't that not complement the relationship that we have with God our Father? You know, when we're adopted by the Lord, He takes us dead and all, credit and all, shortcomings and all. God takes all that and he erases it. To him, it does not exist. And so as we become the sons and daughters, that's the place that he calls us out of. He made the, you know, he made us the specific way that we are. And as he adopted us, because we all have to make that choice to serve the Lord. We're not just born into Christianity. We're not just born into a relationship with the Lord. We have to make the conscious decision to serve the Lord and to accept him as our Lord and Savior and accept him as our Father. And so God doesn't have any prerequisites of us other than just loving him and accepting him. And so we don't have to come to him with a pre, and, you know, any conditions cleared out. How I many you know sometimes, you know, when we, uh, you know, we're trying to get a new car, you know, and we have one car in loan. Maybe some of us are like, oh, let me pay that, this car out. Let me get rid of all this debt first uh, before I go ahead and get a new car. Or let me uh, go ahead and finish paying this house. Let me finish uh, reworking on it before I go ahead and buy a new house. Um, with that, with God, we don't have to come polished and ready to go. God takes us all or nothing, you know. And so the good thing is we're not going to stay that previous condition, but God takes that from us and he loves us as the Father. You see, with the Lord, we have a relationship uh, with him as he identifies us as his sons and daughters. You see, as his children, we can speak with a father that hears us and knows our hearts. So that's what we, um, that's what a relationship with God our Father brings us. It brings us identity. It brings us an ownership, a sonship, a daughtership. We get to belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, what happens if we don't have a relationship with him? You see, when we don't have a relationship with God our Father, we become reliant on our own strength and understanding. Can someone say amen to that? We become convinced that our ways are better than that of our Father. But Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, goes to address this, saying, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. This is one of my favorite verses. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. You see, a lack of the Father means a lack of direction and the lack of discipline in our lives. You know, we see uh, children acting up and whatnot, and I don't necessarily think it's the children's fault. We know that it's, it comes down with the parenting of that child as well. Uh, and so without that, you know that we become reckless with our abandon. We become reckless with our intentions of who we are. Uh, we become full of ourselves. And so without the, lack, without the direction discipline of our father, we just become those reckless children that we see and we just try to ignore and just be, pretend they don't exist. Uh, we just be, become lawless without the Lord. And so how do we maintain a relationship with our father? Why do we even lose sight of, of God to begin with? 
because um, that's important in identifying. Because if we can identify the moments that we start drifting from the Lord, we can stay in the Lord. And so, you see, knowing the Lord personally will maintain your relationship with Him. It sounds simple and easy enough, but even to us as humans, it's one of the most difficult things that we can do. You see, without taking time to know who God our Father is and discovering all those characteristics, those great things about the Lord that make Him, Him and only Him, uh, you know, just talking through Him through worship, through prayer, and through the Word, we become strangers to His identity. Um, if you go to Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 21, it says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. And so, as you see Paul talking about this uh, the church here, you know, we have to uh, also love the Lord more than we love the world. And keep in mind when I'm saying this, and, you know, I like to address little phrases like this because some of us become so churched with, like, you know, we get it, but then, you know, we don't consider that someone new in the Lord, you know, really gets the understanding of it. Just like, the, you know, the blood of Jesus covering our lives. It's not literally physical blood that we have in a catacomb in the Vatican that we uh, soak up and get in the jacuzzi and hang out in. It's, it's the shedding of it's the sacrifice that he gave to us. That's what we mean when we talk about the blood of Jesus covering us. And so just like this, when we say we love the world, we're not, I'm not talking about literally loving the world and like loving the physical things that make God made, the landscapes, the beauty, the ecosystems, the environment. Those are all God's creation. They're wonderful. Uh, when it's saying do not love the world, it's saying that we shouldn't be loving the, its way of living, the way that it does things. Um, it goes on to talk about this in 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. Um, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the Lord offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. And the world is fading away along with everything that people will crave. But anyone who does, does what pleases God will live forever. You see, this world that we're living in, you know, this, this whole hedonistic lifestyle of do whatever makes you feel good, um, this is the world's way. It's the world that either denies the role of God the Father in our lives or it completely ignores Him like it doesn't exist. You have people that just outright don't believe that there is a God living amongst us that designed all of this, and it is what it is. It's a shame, but we have those in our world that do so. And so there's a way of remembering this. When you forget your identity with Christ, you forget the identity of our Father. You could also reverse that around. When you forget who the Father is, you forget your identity in Him. So you can take that either way and it remains true. So we have to constantly remember who our Father is. We have to make sure that we're not falling in love with the world. Because it's not that God is against, you know, having ambitions, having a career, having an education. These are all things that can even be used to enhance the kingdom of God and give you opportunity to minister to people that normally we wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to do so. But when we start being driven by ambition, by vision, by what we want to do, by putting our will in front of God's will, that's when we can notice ourselves starting to drift from the Lord. We become strangers, like I said, to his identity. Um, you know, I'm always thankful for two things in my life. I'm thankful for the father that I have in Pastor Art. 
uh, that's something that I know God has graced me with. I don't take that for granted. I know that's something that God set aside for me, and I cherish that. So I'm thankful for the relationship I have with my dad, but I'm also thankful even more so for the relationship that I have with my spiritual dad, my father, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, it's my relationship with the Lord that has grown and been a prominent part of my life just from day one that has convinced me a life without him will never do. You know, oftentimes we, we forget our identities as sons and daughters of the king, and we, we go astray in our own ways. I, like I said, mentioned at the beginning of this message, um, you know, we hear that whole, we're sons and daughters of the king, where, uh, you know, he's the father to the fatherless. And um, I think we, we don't really consider the magnitude of those statements. But it's such a, uh, it's honestly such a humbling and just a great feeling to be in his presence. Just like when we've uh, been curating these times here of, uh, of, of meeting with the Lord and uh, ministering to him, um, either for the Saturday morning prayers and for the war room. Um, this isn't just something that just sounded good on paper. This, is, this has been an intentional thing that we've been doing. And those of you have, who haven't caught it, I encourage you just, just to come here either before church on Sunday mornings or come here at 8 a.m. for prayer and be intentional about that because that's creating your relationship with your father. You know, you, maybe you've heard that phrase before, relationships are like a plant. If you don't water them, they die. That's like our relationship with the Lord. If we don't nurture a relationship, we don't seek Him out, we don't pursue Him, we don't have conversations with Him, we don't even have to have complex conversations with the Lord. He knows how we talk. He knows how we are. So if we can't just be Himself with us, then that relationship with our Father will die. And honestly, He's the greatest Father that, again, we will ever have. And so we can often take on the mentality of the prodigal son that's mentioned in Luke. Um, you know, we're not going to read it tonight here for the sake of time, but... Um, we, we can have that mentality and think that we've taken our inheritance early by taking advantage of the blessed life that we're currently in. You know, we have some of us that, you know, leave the Lord just after, you know, coming to the Lord to begin with. Um, and that's our human condition. We think like, all right, God's blessed me with this and that. You know, what? I'm doing pretty good on my own. I'm, I'm just going to do my thing. God, I know you're going to be there, but I'll be back. I'm doing good without it. Uh, but you see, God allows that. God allows that rebellion in, in, in our lives. It, that's him showing the perfect love that only he could give us. He allows us to have those moments of rebellions, and he knows that the fall is going to come. He knows when we're going to leave him. He knows when we're going to stay with him. He knows when we're going to be upset with God. He knows when, when we're going to be in love with him. And so we read, uh, read just a little while ago that the Lord knows what we're going to do. Um, that was mentioned in Psalms 139. Um, he knows what we're going to say before we even say it. And so he knows when we're going to neglect our relationship with him. And he loves us the same through it. We know that as much times that we fall away from God and we condemn ourselves afterwards into believing that we don't deserve to be in his presence, God still makes himself available despite all that. He's still that good, good father that we've grown to always know and love and that will always make himself available. Just like in that parable, you know, the father uh, came to, you know, meet his son on the road and he didn't come with his arms crossed. He didn't come wagging his finger at the son after the mistakes that he made. And after blowing his inheritance, he came and embraced that son. And he just put on a whole party. You know, we know the whole thing. He got him the new linens. He just got him dressed up, put on a feast. And he, just because he blew that inheritance didn't mean that the father didn't have more in store for him. 
And so just like we do, just when we think this is the best it's going to get and that causes us to leave God or we get so narrow-minded about our current circumstances into thinking that, well, this God, with God, this is all that you're going to do, then why serve you? God still loves us even though of our own ignorance. Man, God loves us through ignorance and even though we can't see the blessings around the corner, the greater blessings beyond the current circumstances, God accepts that and loves us through that. Amen. You see, it's a Lord that stands before us with those arms open wide. And he just, he continues to love us as his sons and daughters. And honestly, like I said, just being his son is just the greatest feeling in the world to me. And it always will be. And I hope that it is for you guys as well. And so we're just going to wrap up right here. Um, I know uh, for Wednesdays, I usually try to keep it short and sweet. But um, I've said what I've needed to say. Um, and so let's go ahead and just stand up. Uh, we're just going to create some time here to meet with the Lord here at the altar. I always want to be considerate of that as well, rather than just talking on and on. Uh, so let's go ahead and just stand up and let's just uh, let's bow our heads. I know I'm throwing off the guys in the worship team. They don't know when I close. I don't have uh, cues yet. I'm going to have to start doing like a, a kick or something like that. Like, all right, so guys... I'm going to start doing like a dramatic sign so that way everyone knows it's time to wrap up. Nah, just kidding. But guys, let's go, let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes here. Um, you know, joking aside, I, I want to really, you know, be respectful of the Lord and give him room to operate the way that he needs to. And so this, uh, I think this even comes more timely because I know that, um, I've come. I've grown to be so fond of my relationship with the Lord as my as my father. Um, I know I can be myself around my dad uh, here on earth, a pastor Art, and you know he just takes me as I am. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not. I could do that even more so with with my father in heaven. And so, just as we're uh, just standing there with your eyes closed, no moving around. Just be really being reverent of the Lord. Let's not take this Wednesday night for granted. Let's not take it just as a normal Wednesday night, but let's take advantage of it. Just any opportunity we can meet with the Lord and just encounter him in a way. So maybe you're here right now and this whole relationship with God thing is uh, as a father is it's kind of foreign and strange to you. Maybe you've never had it before. Uh, maybe you're um, watching on Facebook Live. Uh, maybe it's just something that someone invited you to watch this and it just sounds so out there. It just sounds so crazy that you can have a relationship with your father, just like maybe you have a father here on earth that's still around. Uh, I can tell you, I, I can't stress enough how awesome this relationship with the Lord is, how awesome being his son and being, uh, being his child is. And so if you don't have God in your life as your father, if that's something that is, again, foreign to you, uh, I want to give the opportunity to. So if you either want to come here or if you want to just even from your seat there, I'll, you know, God will meet you wherever, regardless. The altar is a great place, but God will even meet you in your seat or God will meet you where you're watching right now. So let's bow our heads. Um, I want to just give this opportunity for everyone and, you know, just take advantage of this opportunity. So let's bow our heads. Let's just come to the Lord. Just say, Father, I need you. I see you as that good father. I see you as a father that loves me. 
I see you as a father that sent his only son to die for my sins, to shed his blood as a sacrifice so that I may know you today. I know, Lord, that you're so powerful that your son didn't stay dead, that your son rose on that third day, and that he's living today so that he can have a relationship with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Come be my Lord and Savior. Come through the door of my heart and just be a part of my everyday life. Thank you so much for saving me, for wanting to know me, for taking me as I am. God, change me, mold me, use me. From this day forward, I just ask, Lord, Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, amen. Again, maybe this was the first time for you doing that. If you're uh, in the chat, either DM us privately or make it known in the comments that you did that. Or maybe it's been a little while and you need to rededicate your life and just remember that identity as a son and daughter. Again, it's never too late and God knows honesty and that we, we're not trying to take advantage of the grace. He knows when you're genuinely struggling and trying to get right with him. And so maybe if that was you right now where you were struggling and you'd fallen away from the Lord, I'm here to encourage you that the best is yet to come. And so for this next part right here, you know, maybe you're good with the Lord right now, or maybe, but maybe you've grown stagnant with the Lord. Maybe it's something where you have known that he's your father. You've known that he's, uh, you're his son, you're his daughter, but it hasn't been enough for you. And you can admit that you've been trying to do things on your own. You can admit that you've put God on the back burner and you've neglected that relationship with your father. This is, this is the perfect opportunity for you, for God to meet you right here, right in those seats, right where you're watching right now. And for you to get to know God once again, get to know God as your father. Because if you honestly seek him, if you find those distractions right now that come through conversations on the side, just with individuals.